Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the fifth op- episode of Groundbreakers Transforming Geotech. And today I'm joined by Andres, the technical director at Luna OptiSense, who is a leader in the field of fiber optic monitoring, not only in civil engineering, but in many other applications, as you will hear today. The purpose of today's podcast is to really talk about this technology that's growing in different industries and to see how it can help civil engineers, construction companies, contractors, consultants, and geotech enthusiasts really understand how they can use this in their day-to-day projects, but also how they can add more impact to their lives and to the safety of the environment around their projects using this technology. Andres, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you today. And uh, let's begin by talking about a bit on how fiber optics is coming into our civil engineering industry. And maybe you can bridge that with your experience in different industries as well. No, perfect. And thanks for the invitation, Ridwig. Very excited to be here. Uh, and certainly fiber optic sensing, it's, it's, some, it's fairly a new field, uh, but uh, we're finding more and more applications every day. Uh, as we all know, we live in this planet. We are surrounded by fiber optic uh, cables to usually to transmit data. Uh, but now with this technology, essentially, we can convert each one of those fibers into a sensor that can detect changes in temperature, in vibration, in strain. Uh, so this really opens the, the the world of possibilities of the things that we can do with this with this technology. So uh, in civil engineering specifically. We're starting to use this, certainly the geotechnical side of, of things. It's one of the areas where historically we have used these sensors as a, as a seismic tool to look at ground uh, ground movement, to look at seismic waves, to look at the effects of earthquakes. Uh, and of course, with that, as we start to uh, instrument things like dams, things like uh, different bridges uh, with these fiber optic cables, all of a sudden, we can monitor very different processes in our infrastructure. And the, really the intention is that we can not only monitor what is happening, but ideally uh, provide a technology that enable us to understand our engineering systems, to understand nature, and understand the impact of our engineering systems on nature. You know, So that's the, that's the whole goal of, of these things. Take advantage of, of existing uh, cables and, and really turn them into sensors that can provide much more value to, to society. Yeah, and I think the most interesting part is that they're already existing cables and a lot of infrastructure has these cables, especially tunnels and bridges for their communication. So you're really turning an existing infrastructure using an analyzer into a sensor. So my next question to you is, what are the key differences and benefits of using fiber optics versus traditional methods? but also how can they both complement each other in a infrastructure project? Yeah, of course, this technology is going hand in hand with existing sensors. Again, we in civil engineering, we have been deploying all types of sensors for a long time, anything from displacement meters, tilt meters, pre, uh, uh, piezometers, uh, pressure sensors, all, all types of tools. <laughs> uh, but what fiber brings to the table is essentially a, a device that Cable is very malleable. Again, it's the same cable that we use in our in our telephone lines. Uh, so you basically can deploy it in many in many different locations, very different many different configurations. And the beauty of these fiber optic sensors is that each point along those fibers becomes a sensor. You know, traditionally, 
a, a piezometer or a, an accelerometer is going to be basically a single point. So if you put many of these, yeah. you, you're going to have an array, but fiber optic sensing, a distributed fiber optic sensing will basically provide you thousands of measurements at once, you know? So it really allows you to illuminate our infrastructure, to illuminate what is happening around our infrastructure in basically in multiple dimensions, because we're basically tracking processes very rapidly in time uh, with a very, very fine spatial resolution with very, very high sensitivity. Uh, so this really allows us to uh, investigate and really understand uh, physical processes in a way that really has never been done in the past. So it's a very exciting uh, technology. Yeah, and I think because it's never been done in the past, now with high spatial resolution, with continuous monitoring, not single point monitoring, you really have that distributed sensing and you have the traditional sensing to complement different parameters. So together, it's a very, very, very beneficial tool for engineers, for asset owners who are concerned about the safety, because they get one more way to measure something to give more confidence, especially in critical projects. So yeah, yeah, and, to, and for example, just just to sorry to interrupt. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Certainly, in 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 let's say for example things like dams, where let's say you may have some point sensors at a specific locations along dams. Uh, now all of a sudden with cables. Uh, I mentioned that one of the physical properties that we can measure is strange. So let's say if for some reason you start to have the development of a fracture or a crack along the wall of a dam, depending how we have these cables installed, we can actually track the development of those things with incredible detail. And we basically can pinpoint to the centimeter or to the millimeter, depending on the instrument that we're using, where the failure points are. So it really enables us to to really monitor our infrastructure much more effectively. Yes, and I think that's really effective, especially with softwares coming up now, like what you guys have, what Procure has, as in Procure being the integrating software. You can really look at alerts, you can really warn people, and you can really like see where the issues are and take corrective action at the right time, which is, I think, something really important. And one thing interesting you said was that you can also show people a development of a crack using fiber optics where you would normally put a traditional crack meter. And I think it's something similar that people are talking about with INSAR and satellite monitoring. So it's a like distributed continuous from space and then you have distributed continuous mm -hmm. on surface and subsurface. So I think people are really, really moving on to different technologies and bringing it into our industry for the benefit of our community. So my next uh, topic would be, we've been talking about fiber optics. You mentioned distributed fiber optics, but can you explain in very brief analogies the different types of fiber optic sensors and why someone would use a particular type just to bring more clarity to our audience? Yeah, yeah. So so the way this, this, this fiber optic sensing works, essentially the same cable, I would, nothing, nothing exciting about the cable itself, but what we do is essentially at the end of this fiber optic cable, we're gonna connect this instrument. Usually we call them interrogator units. And this unit essentially what they're doing is they're gonna be sending light pulses along those fibers. And whenever there's a disturbance along those cables, along those fibers, it, it's gonna change the character of the light. So that same instrument that is sending the light is also gonna be receiving the light. And those disturbances really can be a temperature or a strain or, or acoustics, depending on the type of light pulses 
depending on the shape on the type of the light that we're essentially interrogating. So it's a passive sensor. Again, the beauty of it is that really you just connect it to a, to a fiber and you can potentially interrogate 100, 200 kilometers of fiber in one go and really look at disturbances each meter along the way. So, and again, we can detect uh, these different features. And really, I think that the exciting thing now that we have this uh, incredible computing power and we have machine learning, we have artificial intelligence, uh, we do generate a lot of data. And these tools are, are very sensitive to all types of things. For example, in, in submarine cables, uh, we can detect motion of the, of the currents, we can detect uh, whale singing, we can detect earthquakes, we can detect uh, the depth at which these cables are located, temperature fluctuations. So a very wide range of signals, but with the computers that we have nowadays, with the algorithms that we have, we can apply all of this intelligence to extract the signals out of all of these measurements to really get actionable diagnostics. Maybe there's someone who's interested on looking at cable integrity for intrusion, or maybe there's someone who's interested on, on using that same cable along a pipeline to detect for leak detection or for any operational issues on a pipeline. You know, so it is the same tools. It's just how we use them to separate the signals of interest. Yeah, but I think it's really cool that it's like the same technology that are using for different applications from pipeline leaks to even listening to whale sing. And the interrogator actually take an existing technology and make it powerful. And something you mentioned was the current computing power, machine learning, artificial intelligence coming in. And I think with data becoming very critical and one thing that people really were lacking back in the day probably was understanding the multiple types of data on their project. And today we have the resources for people to actually understand that data beyond graphs, beyond just a table, beyond just an Excel file. So I think that's really, really been a game changer. And as we progress in the decade with more computing power being generated, with different types of machine learning algorithms being developed, generative AI may be coming into construction. I'm not sure about that yet. So you really have that ability to give the people what they really want in any field, whether it's construction, pipeline monitoring, etc. So Let's talk about a challenging or a project where you learned a lot uh, based on your experience. Any that you can talk about, like what was one project that was a wow moment for you? Yeah, so there's there's many projects. Again, right now, we, we I have been fortunate to work in a company where we have broken a lot of ground and very different new applications. But one that it, it's a, has been very powerful, I think, particularly in, in, in recent years for, as we start to monitor tailings dams, as we start to monitor more geotechnical aspects, is perhaps ground deformation. So historically, let's say on the, on the pipeline side of things or in the power cable uh, monitoring side of things, traditionally we'll look for integrity. We want to make sure that uh, there's no leaks on the pipelines or there's no uh, power overloads in our power cables with a, with a, with a temperature increase. Uh, but while monitoring a, a, a pipeline a couple of years ago, uh, we were looking for, for basically for signals associated to leaks. You know, very easy. Uh, you know, sometimes it's someone approaching a, a pipe, want to do something harmful to them. So those are easy. But this time this, there was this system uh, in the middle of nowhere. And uh, there was a portion of this buried pipeline that had a very strange signal. 
and we were like, well, what is this? This is, it doesn't look like it's a leak. None of the diagnostics is indicative of a leak. Mm -hmm. And, but it was a very clear strain response. So by processing the DAS data, this was using distributed acoustic sensing. Uh, we basically looked at the a very, very low frequency component to it where we traditionally we start to, now we understand that we're getting more of the strain, pure strain, you know, basically just stretching and compressing the fiber uh, in three dimensions. And what we found out that was that in the middle of this pipeline, in, this, in, the, in the middle of, a, of an agricultural field, there was actually a sinkhole that formed uh, during the uh, operation of this pipeline. And, it didn't, the, the pipeline didn't, didn't burst or anything, but it showed us that we can use these tools to track very, very subtle ground deformation. And yeah. this becomes important because at the end of the day, we want this infrastructure to last a long time. In this specific case, we realized, well, you know, guys, there is a, yeah. there is a sinkhole. So the pipeline is still, is still sound, but maybe you may need to reinforce it or do some, take some uh, uh, action to make sure that that uh, infrastructure continues to, to work. And I think that's part, part of the power of uh, real-time monitoring that uh, yeah, forensics is nice. It's good to have data that understands why certain things failed, but the power of monitoring, the reason why we're instrumenting so many things with fiber is that in real time, we can detect changes. We can detect if there is a problem uh, or there's a formation of a problem so we can take proactive action and hopefully prevent failure to occur. That's the that's the beauty, and that's I think that's the perhaps the mindset that I hope we we can start to change, uh, be more in the in the framework of prevention by monitoring instead of trying to figure out what went wrong. You know, we have the technology to monitor it. Let's use it. Yep, I agree with you, and I think real time monitoring really gives people that opportunity to. Uh build awareness about the infrastructure and the construction side and know what's happening before something happens and take actionable insights with your data that you're getting through real-time monitoring. And fiber optics is another big, big key uh, in the package that people are probably looking for beyond uh, just traditional manual readings going to a site. And I think even with data logging capabilities now coming up with IoT, with processing on your interrogators, it's really that one time setup and then probably some maintenance, not even every day, a couple of months and just ensuring that your data is safe and project is safe with the data that's coming in. So I think technology is really, really helping us grow. And I think that's been one thing that has been at the pillars of uh, many industries uh, throughout time. So my next uh, question would be, we talked about a challenging project in a tailing dam currently, whether it's a sinkhole, but in what other fields outside of civil engineering have you had some interesting learnings during your time? Yeah, so I think one of the, one of the again, there's certainly uh, seismology, for example. My, my background is seismology uh, and certainly earthquakes and volcanoes are close to my heart. And uh, one area that has been very exciting has been to, essentially take advantage of, again, fibers that we have along highways or along power cables uh, and turn them, turn, turn them into seismic sensors. So now we are increasingly using these for early warning systems when we, in places where we have large earthquakes, I'm based in California. So we, we have that problem here 
And it has been very exciting to see how uh, seismology has taken this technology and really taken advantage of available infrastructure to have many more sensors, have more coverage in areas where we traditionally don't have sensors. Another area where uh, we have done a lot of work has been uh, certainly uh, monitoring wells. Again, right now we can monitor water wells, geothermal wells, oil and gas wells with, with fiber optic sensors. And something exciting is that we can actually understand the dynamics of wells and see how the fluids are propagating uh, the interaction between the fluids in the wellbore and the environment. And this has really become very important because we don't want problems with, let's say, uh, oil and gas wells. Uh, we don't want these things to leak. We don't want these things to blow up. And we have learned that basically these fiber optic sensors allow us to detect very, very subtle changes in the fluid dynamics, in the well dynamics, in the pressure and temperature regime that can diagnose if there's a problem with the well uh, before it escalates, you know? Yeah. So uh, more and more companies are really taking advantage of this permanent monitoring to ensure safe operations. You know, at the end of the day, we want to make sure that our engineering systems, uh, certainly they're designed to certain specifications, but by uh, turning monitoring into a real-time tool, we really can ensure their safety and their integrity for the duration of their of their life. You know, so that's that is a, a very powerful uh, asset of this type of technology that you basically can install your fiber from the very beginning of your project and monitor cement curing, monitor vibrations associated with the construction, monitor uh, strain changes uh, once that. Uh, infrastructure is under utilization, whether it is close to vehicles or under strain or temperature uh, conditions that could put the, the system at a, at a potential fault. So we can really track all of these physical processes. So it's a, it's a very exciting uh, tool. That's really cool. So you can actually take an analogy with human beings that like since, since like the birth of the child, you can monitor it until the infrastructure ages and with time infrastructure does age and needs maintenance and fiber optic at least distributed are like the nerves of the human body that throughout the infrastructure's body and then you have point sensors wherever you require mm -hmm. and you do surveying yeah that's required yeah and, and you mentioned you mentioned earlier uh, the difference between these these fiber optic cables and conventional point sensors and and the point sensors are, are very powerful believe me we integrate into point sensors all the time but cable, again, glass at the end of the day is silica that has been, uh, can withstand very high temperatures, pressures, can really withstand the, the, the test of time. We have cables inside of wells that are have been operating for 30 years under very high wow. pressure and temperature conditions. So we really can, the, the, the glass itself can, can take a lot, of, a lot of pressure and strain. So it, you really, it really can last a very long time. Yeah, and I think the materials there, that was something new I just learned. That's very interesting. And I feel like if your cables are that durable, then you, the people also get more faith that they're not just installing it for a year or two, but 30 years, 40 years and beyond. And you can also scale it up for a couple of hundred kilometers as well, if required. So that's yeah. Yeah. So I think the whole package coming together is a very, very useful package for, for people to really 
monitor the safety of the assets in the way we take care of our own healthcare and that matter. So my next question would be, uh, what got you into fiber optics? You said you were interested in seismology, but what made you get into this technology? Yeah, so actually we were, I was working on, on seismic monitoring with conventional sensors. And uh, when we started to work on these tools, we were like, well, you know, we can actually detect um, basically seismic vibrations with these fiber optic sensing uh, machines. And uh, it really opened the, the, the possibilities because uh, it started from a borehole seismic uh, surveillance where it's usually difficult to install uh, this type of sensors inside of hot and high pressure environments. And all of a sudden we have a device that really you could put it uh, anywhere, you know? So, uh, and on top of that, you have a tool that basically allows you to have such high receiver density. All of a sudden, not only do you have a, a seismometer close to the San Andreas fault, but I have as uh, thousands of seismometers along 100 or 200 kilometers of road next to the San Andreas Fault. So it allows you to really investigate many different types of physics uh, associate, associated to physical phenomena. So uh, really the, the adoption of these tools has been very rapid. Uh, we, we developed this technology in, in OptiSense around 2007. Those, those were the first case studies for for seismic monitoring and it really now it's uh, it has taken off and right now we have earthquake uh, networks monitoring with fiber optic 24 7 with submarine cables with land cables buildings bridges really uh, and even things that are not as sexy like there's pipelines that are carrying water but there's also sewage lines where uh, we that are along uh, underground conduits in cities that uh, we are tracking signals associated to whatever is happening in all of those conduits. So smart city applications, not just from a geohazards point of view, but from a utilities management, monitoring our power cables, monitoring uh, our roads. Uh, it's something that it's now routine and it's basically commercial, commercial products that are available. You know, so. Yeah, and I think that last part about smart cities and monitoring not just geohazards, but utilities really gives this another edge that people might not know about where you can really place a, a cable or use an existing cable, add an interrogate and just have your data coming to you every day. And it's a once in a lifetime uh, investment in terms of going to site and setting it up once it's set up you don't really you're not going to go underground and fix the cable unless something really really rare happens so i think it's a very interesting tool and uh interestingly you it went from testing and then you found a new technology that could really help you do what you love and ever since then it's kicked off from beyond seismology to pipelines to wells to even now bridges, dams, and I think it's getting to monitor a lot of the earth if you think about it, because most of the, the mines, mines, for mines example, mining, now, now that we are uh, starting to be so reliant on critical minerals for our batteries and things like that. So mining all of a sudden has taken a, a very large prominent role. And that's another area where we're monitoring a lot of 
uh, underground and uh, open pit operations to look at strain, to look at temperature, make sure that the conveyors are working properly, make sure that the ventilation systems are working properly inside of our underground operations. So, so really, it, it's it's a, it's not just a science and engineering. There's a very big aspect of safety that fiber optic provides uh, to to manage different types of, of assets. Yep, and I think uh, the safety part of it is super key, uh, especially for concerned asset owners and. I think engineers also like having a easier technology to use, which fiber optics really gives them. So uh, my last topic would be uh, for people interested in fiber optics, for people interested in the safety of assets or even smart city applications for utilities. What would be uh, something you would give to upcoming students, upcoming young engineers in the field as an advice on how they can go ahead and really get involved in this technology? Yeah, so so that that's a great question, Lidwick. And I would say that uh, again, historically, again, this type of sensing, uh, maybe some of the fundamental physics fall fell within uh, electrical engineering, maybe computer science as far as the data analysis goes. So what I would encourage civil engineers or geotechnical engineers is that traditionally don't have a strong uh, signal processing. Yeah, or data science to really get into those areas, be open-minded about uh, exploring different technologies. Uh, yeah, we get very comfortable with our with our displacement meters or with our pressure sensors, yeah, but there's other tools that can give you the same measurements, maybe in an indirect way, but we need to be able to understand the physics of that. And so yeah, I would say signal processing for new engineers is something that I strongly recommend Fourier analysis, uh, of course, data science with all of the aspects of uh, machine learning, because again, we do need more and more algorithms to, to go through all of this data. This, uh, If I would say one of the criticisms of this technology is that we generate a lot of information. So we're constantly looking to uh, tools that allow us to uh, digest this information to have an actionable diagnostic that tells you you have a crack you have a leak uh, you have an earthquake approaching or, or waves from an earthquake uh, whatever whatever it may be you know so again all of those diagnostics we need to uh, really put them together and again that's a combination of, of physics signal analysis and increasingly again ml and, and ai Yep. I think that was great advice and the signal processing part is something very important along with the machine learning because predictive is becoming a very big trend of the future and people are now really trying to figure out how can we predict and be warned early. So Andres, yep. you uh, today we talked a lot about fiber optics and different types of fiber optics. One of the key parts that it really brings awareness and early warning systems for the safety of our infrastructures how fiber optics is being used in multiple applications, not just construction, not just civil engineering, but even utility monitoring, and how today with the computing power, with the technologies, uh, the amount of data we get, we can really understand it and process it. And I think it's a tool for the future, for sure. And 
as we're trying to as at groundbreakers transforming geotech we're talking about technologies that can transform our industry this is for sure one that's really really going to have an impact in the future in the way we monitor our assets in the way we have safety in smart cities and in the way we use day-to-day -day technologies like fiber optic cables to really have actionable insights so that's right so much it was a pleasure talking to you and hope to see you on another episode in the future same here thanks for the invitation Rizvik. we'll be in touch thank you